Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, another podcast. I think this is going to be episode seven. It'll be funny if I um, if I send it out live and it's not, but it's okay. No worries. <laughs> um, this week I have Emily on the podcast, and she actually reached out to me. She found, and I, I think I've mentioned this article before in a podcast episode. Um, I wrote an article for Mothering Magazine, so if I did not link it before, like I probably said I would, hey, stuff happens, I will link it this time, because Emily found that article in Mothering Magazine, and she reached out to me, Um, and I thought it was so brave of her and so courageous of her, and like my heart just totally melted when she reached out, because I was like, all right, that was worth it. Like if someone read it and felt what she's feeling, like there were probably other people, but even if it was just Emily, (laughs) I'm all good. (laughs) So I'll share a link to that. Thank you for finding me and for continuing this journey. Emily's been along for all of the evolution of my work with abortion, particularly as a life coach. And um, I really have to credit her with giving me the courage to, to do all this. So thank you. All right. I'm going to read to her and to all of you, and then we're going to have an awesome conversation. So today we're talking about why women hide. And um, this was just a really important uh, topic for me. And um, Emily agreed to talk to me about it. So I think this is, this is huge. There'll probably be more about why we hide. But today I want to talk a little bit about like our primal brain and our rational brain and like what the heck's going on that Um, that makes it so complicated after abortion to share your story. So um, the deal is that when given the opportunity, human beings operate directly from their primal brain. (laughs) This is the part of the brain um, and the part of their being that it reacts to potentially dangerous situations in the interest of self-preservation. So the primal or instinctual brain has one main function, to keep you safe. (laughs) That's it. Like, that's its goal. It's like, survival, survival. Um, And there's a whole conversation to be had about how our primal brain impacts our decision to abort in the first place. Um, But for now, we're talking about how it affects our decision after abortion. After abortion, our primal brain says, stay safe avoid conflict, fit in. It probably says a lot more things. Maybe those will come up after when we're chatting, but those are three big ones for me. And if we operate primarily from this part of our brain, we hide. Direction from our primal brain is present focused. It drives the short-term action of protection. When the primal brain senses danger, as in judgment, abuse, rejection, it directs us to retreat to safety. It's acting from this low level consciousness and a fast but very limited processing. 
in the culture we've created around abortion, lots of women hide. I would argue that most women hide. But in some cases, the fear of exposure is extra strong. So I'm going to use an example um, where it's super intense, but there, like I said, there are literally millions of women who are not sharing their stories. So in this example, if we've grown up in a deeply religious or political tradition or have unhealthy or abusive relationships, this part of our brain decides hiding is safer than exposure. The biggest problem here is that it keeps learning and validating safety based on action and reward. So I'm going to give you an example of what that looks like. So keep in mind, this is just an example, and there are many, there are like as many unique abortion stories as there are women with those stories. So let's just imagine this woman, and despite knowing she made the best decision for her future, a woman decides not to tell her very religious, say, Catholic family that she aborted. And her primal brain feels the reward of avoiding that rejection and maintaining connection to that tradition, to her family, um, to maybe her church. And then let's just say the same woman enters a new relationship. And instead of telling her partner about her abortion history, she taps back into the primal instinct of avoiding rejection. And she validates her choice with her memory of avoiding the rejection of her family. So her primal memory says keeping her story a secret equals receiving love. So now she's wanting to receive love from her new partner, but her primal brain says love equals hiding. She's like programmed that into her brain. And as she continues to hide, her story shame builds. Even though she has no personal shame, if she feels she can't speak her truth, then she can't live as her fullest, most, most authentic self. So hidden shame from this fear of rejection, not from her choice to abort, eats away at her. But the discomfort of shame feels safer than the risk of losing love from people she cares about. Now she's living in a spiraling state of confusion and self-rejection. Every time she chooses to hide and she rejects the part of herself, or she does reject the part of herself that chose abortion. It's like a cycle that just keeps repeating. So to receive love from others, she has to reject her own truth. Hiding her story seems innocent enough, but every time she thinks about it, she feels this dissonance, this disconnect. She knows that what she did was the best at the time, but if she can't tell people for risk of rejection, then a growing voice inside her keeps repeating, hiding is safe, exposure equals danger. So she keeps hiding. The discomfort of rejecting her own truth is more comfortable than the fear of the feared projection of losing her connection to others. It's a vicious cycle that millions of women are living in. And the key to freedom is in the rational brain. The rational brain is slower to process, but much smarter. It thinks at a much higher consciousness and it can see a future free from hiding as a much greater reward than a short-term fear of rejection.
The rational brain allows us to sculpt our future to meet our desires. It never feels like a victim and it always owns its power. The very same woman using her rational brain as, uh, has many more choices. She can choose to avoid rejection by hiding her story while maintaining self-love and self-acceptance. She can choose to hide her story not from fear of rejection, but from a place of intimacy and personal privacy. She can choose to selectively tell her story and maintain confidence that she did what was best for her life and her future, remembering that other people's reactions reflect their truth, not hers. Or she can choose to wear her story on her sleeve. There's no right way to act after abortion. One choice is not better than another, but if the hiding is coming from fear, it has consequences that build over time and deeply affect our mental and emotional health. I can guarantee that right now, everyone reading or listening to this knows someone hiding her story in a very primal manner. You can invite her to step into her rational brain by holding safe space, judgment-free, respectful, unconditionally loving. She's been looking for you. You might not even have to say anything. If she's ready, she will feel your energy. The end. Wow. Did you write that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like <laughs> taking it back. That was so. That would be crazy if I was like reading other people's blog posts and then <laughs> why not? That's oh, what wow. Um, I, that was beautiful. Yeah. Was isn't it? It's just this like so many things in our culture, I feel like, are normal right? It's just like normal to follow your instinct and follow your survival mechanism and like not really pay attention to those long-term consequences. And I feel like that's the big, huge shift that I can make some little tap into <laughs> by talking and sharing. And like, I want to make it very clear, like in this and everything I do, like, I don't expect everyone to share their story. I don't expect everyone to get out here and like shout it from the rooftops. It's more like choosing what to do from love rather than fear. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And like the choice of abortion is choose from love rather than fear too. Like right. you're loving yourself, you're loving your family. Yeah. I think people How's... don't it's understand it's like actually a loving choice. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's six, and that is a whole nother episode, right? It's like, how does our primal and rational brain, and whatever you call it, like some people call um, the primal or instinctual brain, like the monkey brain or the lizard brain, or like, what do you guys call it? Because um, Emily is actually also, um, she practices in health. So like in your world, what do you, what do you call that kind of brain? <laughs> um, and then you even your, use it. Your, your primal brain, yeah. your... Yeah. Yeah. Your subconscious, I think, takes over in those totally. moments. And um, you just, I think a lot of times people just know what to do yep. and then they deal with it later. Yeah. Whatever the consequences are of that, because there's consequences with any decision you make about anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. Oh, and that's another important point that I didn't make in this particular post is like, even if our 
our primal brain, our lizard brain, our monkey brain has been running the show. And maybe we had our abortion like 30 years ago, right? And we've been living off these stories created over time, like from that brain. We can choose at any time to like switch the, like flip the switch and start acting and living from that more rational, intentional brain pattern. Like, just because you've been living a certain way for any amount of time doesn't mean you can't just decide that you're done that way and you're gonna choose to do something different yeah and I think like what's interesting what you're really talking about is that like staying safe um the staying safe with your own story and I think there's so much more that goes on beyond just like primal brain, rational brain, I think it also comes down so much to society and we're keeping ourselves safe from society um, because there's so much shame and stigma around this topic because, you know, it's been used to control women for centuries, right? I mean, reproductive health. Um, But beyond that, like, actually, though we might be keeping ourselves safe, it's actually hurting women as a whole to Yes quiet um and what's really crazy to me is like I had this experience like a year oh a year and a half ago almost and at first I told no one like literally no one like I just made the decision and I just like did it it just was like this is what I have to do like it was there wasn't really another choice in my opinion like it just it was the only thing I just had to do and when I started sharing my story first of all I was completely shocked by how many people I knew who had abortions. Oh, no! <laughs> like, people coming out of the... Because, like, I... So there's a couple things. I was shocked. Um, I found that about 50% of all the women I shared with had had at least one abortion. That's amazing. And you guys can't see Emily because this is a podcast re- recording, but she's a young woman. Like, this is just is not, like over the course of the last 50 or 60 years, she knows a lot of women who've been through this. Like she's a young woman and most people she knew have been through this. I wonder, cause um, statistically they say like one in four, but I always wonder like what, I don't actually know when the last studies were done and like, is it really more? Well, they say it's actually gone down, but I have to tell you that with my generation, the millennial generation, I wouldn't be surprised if we see those numbers rise again mm, and not just so like, you know, obviously contraceptive methods have increased. Um, although the fight on women's health, there's lack of access, of course, now compared to five years ago, but my generation is struggling. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I have two degrees from Columbia and I can barely make break $50,000 it's limit and I have you know thousands of dollars in student loans and bills and things every month so I'm still living paycheck to paycheck 30 years old um and I know that I'm much more well off than most people my age and so so many people I know were like that they just can't they can't either afford to have a kid or you know a lot of the people I knew were in bad or abusive relationships at the time they had other goals they were trying to meet but um, and, and some of them, you know, were with their partners. Some, some, some of my, I actually told, told a couple of coworkers, I was so shocked. Um, it was all, all people I thought would never 
have been touched by abortion, like, just also were, right? Like, right. Latina women who, you know, are very devoutly Catholic. Um, right. One of my coworkers is a, is a, a, a pastor at his church. And like, yeah. he and his girlfriend had gone through that. My other coworker's mother is Muslim and like had an abortion. And I was like, yeah. is everyone and their mother and their pastor like having abortions? Like, yes. But yeah. because we're like lying to everyone else, like it makes, it also makes the woman going, who's going through that at the moment thinking like they're so alone and, and even deeper. I know. Like my whole background is in women's health. And I like, I think a lot of the same stories are going to keep coming up on podcasts. But like, I remember sitting in a parking lot and Googling and being like, oh, I'm not the only mother who chooses abortion. Right. Like oh. the majority of people who choose exactly. are already mother. I was like, how did I not know that at almost 40 years old? Like, how did I not know that? Um, yeah, and it is this fine line of like, I briefly mentioned it in the in the blog post, but like, there is absolutely a right to privacy if chosen from love. We don't, we're not all obligated to share our stories, but like, how do we not know this stuff about each other? Like, it's crazy. Mm. Because of shame, because of shame. So, yeah. you know, again, they're trying to, people are trying to keep themselves safe. Like you said, that self-preservation. Yeah although it doesn't serve society as a whole, right? But it serves themselves. We all, first and foremost, we have to keep ourselves safe. Like that's just, yeah. Um, so some of my people that I spoke to, actually the majority of people I spoke to had only told like their partner and their mother or their best friend. Right. And then they're like, but I'm telling you because you told me and like, obviously this doesn't, you know, it was just an understanding that like I wasn't yeah. going to say anything to anyone. How many people told me that I was like the second or third person they'd ever told. And I'm talking some women, a couple of women I were talking to had their abortions 20 years ago. I know. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah, whoa. What? what is I that? imagine like, I was getting this visual as you were talking and it like kept forming kind of. And I'm imagining this like, almost like eggshell over like humanity. And mm -hmm. every time there's that amazing website, Shout Your Abortion. And yeah. like every time someone speaks their truth out loud or tells a friend or anything, writes about it, um, accepts herself, forgives herself, like supports somebody else's abortion. Every time like that shell just cracks a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And like we as women can are, <laughs> if you, I mean, the po like politics right now are atrocious and like the state of humanity, many would argue or like, it's just like, it's messy, right? Like, but we are seeing a rise of women. And I do think like every time we crack that shell a little bit more, like we get to step into our power and like Absolutely. own who we are and like make a difference in the world. Well, I think it was what was, has been so telling and beautiful and incredible is the number of celebrities stepping out and sharing their abortion stories. Yeah. Because celebrities, right, like anyone else, well, especially for celebrities, like their image is everything, right? Um, and we're not telling our stories often to protect our image um, for one reason or another. And I just think that's been really powerful. And yeah. I mean, a lot of people are um, that last like breath, like of anger, like toward the pro-choice movement is coming out full force. Um, and you see that hate too, but 
it's really amazing. Like I think people are just at their, their tipping point where they're like, I need to share because this is just more important than just me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is a, I get to contribute to the greater, like the health of the greater whole by not keeping this a secret. And again, if you're choosing privacy out of love, then that actually probably is helping, right? Mm -hmm. It's that is helping, right? Because you are honoring your truth and your need and your self-care. Um, that's a good thing. Like if, if you are a really private person and you truly want to hold that, your story like sacred to you and someone forces you to share, like that's going to cause a problem. Like that's not good. Um, well, and you know what, I think like with my story, like, so for anyone who doesn't know, I reached out to Amanda because I read her story. I was so desperate after it happened. I was looking, just looking for stories and people to tell me like I was going to be okay because I felt so alone um because no one was talking about this and she wrote this beautiful article about I think it was like nine months after your abortion you wrote mm -hmm. a story mm -hmm. yeah it was like a year ago I wrote it because I wrote it getting ready for Christmas and it was like I think most people who've had abortions probably I don't even know I was gonna say maybe even more if you're a mom but that's probably not true um the holidays like definitely stir up the feelings. It's just like any loss in your life. Like I remember writing it, getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. 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 Especially. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I, um, so I reached out and we ended up begin beginning coaching together and which was so helpful for me. And you truly are one of the people who just changed my life. Um, and so I'm so appreciative oh, for that. And anyone who's thinking about it should work with her because you know, you just showed it. So, um, but one of the things I know you and I worked on was like telling my story and who to tell and privacy. And I was really like, I was so deep in shame. And I think I've really surpassed that shame piece. Like, yeah. I don't really, I don't feel ashamed anymore. I really don't. That's not the issue for me. And um, because of that, I've been able to be selectively sharing my story. So, yeah, I actually have not shared the story with like, my husband's family mm -hmm. and like he has told like a friend I don't know if he's told anyone else um this but is kind a whole another topic like men and abortion <laughs> totally separate podcast episode oh um, my god or an entire movement <laughs> but um yeah but you know what I realized was like that as much as I love my husband's family and friends he comes from this very small town where everyone's in everyone's business and things get so distorted and gossipy. And I just hear so much stuff about all these other people. And I just yeah. know that if that were to be shared, I, I don't trust that it would be kept private or m our own story. And that is like self-respect for ourselves to say, right. you know, like, Absolutely. I don't need these people to know our story. And like, I can share with the people who um, I want to share with and I share with people all the time it's it's really not um, about that it's about like who who do I want to share this with and who yeah yeah and like what's my energy behind it like what's what am I feeling when I'm deciding whether or not to share is really the essence of it it's like whatever you're feeling is going to create the ripple effect of results and totally. so let's start paying attention like Am I hiding because I'm embarrassed? Am I hiding because it feels intimate and private? Am I hiding because I'm afraid for like my own safety? Like, 
And just even just having the conversation with someone and then never even changing the way you share or don't share, just like talking about that fear or embarrassment or shame or guilt or whatever it is, like that cracks the shell on the egg. Like just having a one-on-one conversation with somebody. Well, and I think the other thing that I've realized from this experience as far as you know, we hide to keep ourselves safe, but when we step out and we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, like you get a little bit stronger and you get a little bit stronger. It really ripples over into every area in life. And I think me, like I've done a lot of work over the past year or two, like in therapy and coaching, and I'm a therapist myself. Um, so you would think I would have had it all figured out by now, but that's not how it works. We can't see our own Uh, stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but like as a therapist or coach, like you, so first of all, let me just put a disclaimer out there. If you go to therapy and your therapist has never been to therapy, you need to find a new therapist because they're not going to be able to help you in the ways that someone else could, right? If they had that insight. So what I really learned about myself was like, I grew up in a family where I had to be perfect all the time Mm -hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons. There's addiction in my family, you know. My family recently fell apart. My parents have 50 year marriage just ended last year. Mm. Um, you know, it's just a mess, but I really, I think I really always took on that role of like being perfect and everyone really put that on me a lot, even as a young yeah. child. And so I felt so ashamed, not even about what, what the choice that I made, but about the fact that like, I felt like I had failed in some way. Yeah. Um, and really looking at that and being like, whoa, like not what I was expecting to feel out of this. And um, that's really helped me break through my own perfectionism. And yes, I see it now so as like true. the biggest freaking gift. Like yes. I realized that if I had gone into motherhood, having not had some life shattering experience that forced me out of that, I would have probably just been repeating the cycle. Um, Oh, I have chills. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, for me, I'm like, thank God. Like I, this was the way it needed to happen for you, which is crazy. Cause when you're in it, you're like, there are nothing good is going to come of this. This is just, no, (laughs) no. And like, you know, I think it was a big identity crisis for me Mm -hmm. because my whole life, everyone's been like, wow, you're just, you're going to be such an amazing mom. You're meant to be a mom. You know, I was a preschool teacher. I love kids. Yeah. Um, now I'm a therapist, but so it was like a big identity crisis for me. Like, how could I be making this choice? But what I also come to realize was like, one, it was like a keeping us safe as a couple, as a family, as a self um, for my future children. So it was actually a very instinctually, I think, maternal choice to have made yeah. when you totally. know you can't provide a good life for a potential child. Right. Um, but I'm like wow, like how much more I can give my kids now that I've grown this way. On top of the fact that we'll also hopefully be more financially secure and um, all those other things, but within myself. Right, you grew into a better version of yourself and now you get to give that to your kids. Yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and I hope more and more young women who've had abortions can see and feel that. Because I think there's uh, there's also, there's so many layers to, to everything about being human, right? But um, I think a lot of young women who have abortions and then struggle later, like with fertility or like 
you know, maybe don't find a partner and aren't able to have kids the way they wanted, like they go back and like beat themselves up. And that is something else I want to address too, is like those two things are not connected. <laughs> They're just not. It's like, no. Um, but to know, like the reason that came up for me is like for you to know that you did grow into a better version of yourself, like if faced with something like that, you will be able to like um, intellectually and emotionally see that those are unconnected. Like, yeah, there'll probably be moments where it feels hard, but like, and I, I, you know, this means nothing about your future and having children. I'm just saying like, I see this a lot in young women who are like, wait a second. But if you do this healing work that you've done, Emily, and then you move forward, like you're in such a better place to like do the work and feel the feelings. Right. And that's not to say that, you know, there aren't days where it's not hard. Like there's definitely been days, especially lately that I've been feeling triggered. Well, um, you know, we just came like in Chinese medicine, we just came through the season when grief is really high. Okay. That makes um, sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has to do with like our lungs and our large intestine and like they're like lower functioning and they are like related to processing and letting go. Mm. And so that just seasonally, literally, literally like our physical bodies, um, are affecting our emotions and grief is the unbalanced emotion of that time. So I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, we are recording this, like people will listen to this like for many years down the line, but we are recording this just at the beginning of winter coming out of fall. So that like, like late October through November, early December is that season. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I also don't know if I ever told you this, but I know you're like really into um, all of that stuff and like hard pulling. I listened to your other other episode and one really fascinating thing that happened to me, and I know this is a little off topic, but um, I have a deck of cards and my, like a friend of mine, we had pulled them. And before I got pregnant, I kept pulling um chat the child card and then blessing in disguise together <laughs> over and over and over again and i was like what the heck like and this is before you got pregnant mm -hmm. oh my god my whole head is tingling so for people who didn't hear she just said she kept pulling the child card and the blessing in disguise oh my god <laughs> over and over again for like months and then after everything happened like it um it was it was just really interesting and also like I mean, also, like, right before I got engaged, I kept pulling the wedding card for, like, a week, pulled it, like, yeah. three days ago, so, like, yeah. I don't know, man, there's something to that stuff, but, yeah. yeah, it was really fascinating, and I definitely thought about that a lot, like, how could this be a blessing in disguise, this feels so horrible, but I don't know, like, I'm so thankful that I'm not who I was a year ago, so. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, because you said, like, how how could this be a blessing in disguise? And one thing I want to keep talking about and really stressing is there's no like belief police. We get to believe whatever we want. Literally. We can believe whatever we want. It can be like irrational and illogical and like not match society. It really doesn't matter. Or it can be like, but the point is if it, if you feel better when you believe this was a blessing, and I don't mean you in general, I mean like you, the listener, 
me, right? Like (laughs) I have chosen to believe many things about my own abortion that just lead me to live a better life. Like it feels better to believe that baby picked me to do this work. Is that true? I don't know, but we get to believe whatever we want to believe. And so to believe, to be willing to play with the idea that your abortion was some kind of blessing, that it did bring you um, lessons that you wouldn't have otherwise learned, that it did introduce you to people you would otherwise wouldn't have met. All of the things, like, it's so powerful. And like, you're not doing any harm to believe it might've been a blessing. You're literally only giving yourself the possibility of like opening doors. (laughs) Well, and you know, I think it's really interesting. You also said like believing something that society doesn't believe. And I, I really also have come to learn through this experience and other experiences, but especially this one and this time this political social political time like we're you know smack dab in the middle of the trump administration the this 2019 has been the tearing away of women's reproductive rights and um I, i've come to really learn how much society hurts pretty much everyone who's not a upper class white man right and so maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to start no. believing things <laughs> that are that are you know just generally accepted by society right like, like <laughs> disrupting that that status quo and sometimes i think things like this happen and smack us right in the face to be like wake up like this is not okay the way that you know life life is for so many people and i think especially for women like reproductive choice is one of the biggest um factors in equality and so it's so important like socially politically too to recognize that and what's happening right now absolutely it's such a good example like am I gonna just go with the norm and watch this keep unfolding or am I gonna choose to believe something different like right and also like that um you know they talk a lot about how white women especially um like 53 percent of white women voted for donald trump and people people are like why why would women you know vote against their own interests right and it's um that white women tend to benefit from uh the benefits that white men have because absolutely you know marry and and all that um and i don't know i'm just i don't know where i'm going with that but it's just like I think more people need to wake up and not just follow what society tells us. Like, I think if more women were awake, I think that number of women voting for Donald Trump would be a lot closer to zero. But that's just my personal belief. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for this experience and, and the, you know, going back to the primal brain thing, I'm thankful that it shook me out of, of that. Yeah, I needed to right. feel some of that fear um and step into something that felt kind of unsafe like yeah Yeah, I actually remember making a super primal decision when I was when I was still pregnant and it being like short-term lizard brain primal brain says stay safe carry the pregnancy have another kid Mm, long-term rational brain said this is not the life you were planning for this is not the life you were just about to step into. 
Yeah. And so like, had I listened to my primal brain, I probably would have a fourth child right now. I have no idea what my marriage would look like. I have no idea what kind of mother I'd be. I have no idea where our finances would be, but I can make pretty educated guesses that all that would have been very messy. <laughs> right. And I think it's a, I think it's really important. Like I, I hate when people say, oh, you know, you could, you could have another child right now. Well, think about like every month that you have sex, you could have another child right now. Like, let's be honest. Right. And that's like, that's why choice is so important. Like one, one broken condom or one, you know, time can change your entire life. And we're always one decision away from a completely different life. And we need as women to be able to have one decision away from a completely different life. Yeah, it's so true. And we need to have some control over what our lives look like. Otherwise we're constantly helpless, really. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we could talk forever. (laughs) No, it's so bad, Amanda. It's so bad. Maybe I'll have to have you on again. We'll talk about something else or all these things again. I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's, um, seriously, thank you so much for coming on and for being a part of this and for sharing your story. And I'm absolutely positive that there were little bits and pieces that helped somebody else just shed a little weight and smile a little bit more and stand a little taller. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Until next week. And, um, Yeah, that was fun. We got to stay in touch more. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.